We started the show today talking about the politics of decriminalization of drugs. Now, this is really heating up in Ottawa now. So we had a conservative MP and a liberal MP on, and boy, very, very starkly different kind of uh, It'll be interesting whether this turns into the proverbial wedge issue. Yeah. Um, I'm not convinced it will, because I don't think a lot, I think a lot of people have other issues top of mind, housing affordability, cost of living. I don't think a lot of people toss and turn at night worried about decriminalization, but it is a flashpoint argument in, mm. in political circles for sure. Yeah, right. And especially yesterday in Ottawa. So here's Pierre Polyev, the conservative leader here. Listen to how he describes Vancouver's drug problem here. The Trudeau NDP approach is on open display in Vancouver. It is a complete disaster. It is hell on earth. We're going to reverse that policy and we're going to reverse it. We're going to replace it with recovery and treatment. David Eby happened to be in Ottawa yesterday at the Mm. same time. He was asked about these comments by Polyev, and I was really anticipating, what's he going to say after Polyev said Mm -hmm. such a dramatic language there, hell on earth? Here's what the Premier had to say. When you talk to parents who have lost a kid uh, who thought they were taking uh, some kind of a, a party drug at an event and ended up taking fentanyl and dying, Uh, You understand how serious this issue is and how it crosses partisan lines and how we all need to work on solutions. Okay, so he says, you know, we should not be making politics over this stuff. Well, it's hard to escape politics on this issue. You know, recovery and treatment, again, only part of the puzzle here. So a suburban kid who dies from taking, as David Eby says, what he thought was a a party drug is taking fentanyl. Recovery and treatment has nothing to do with him. He just took a drug that was dangerous. It had nothing to do with a bed, had nothing to do with a, tr- a treatment center. He went to a party. He took a drug. Might not be an addicted kid. It might be exactly. somebody who's made a mistake, took I something. I personally yeah. know three young people yeah. who have died from fentanyl yeah. who are not addicts, were not known drug users, but went to a social occasion, whatever, or at home alone, thought they were taking a sort of a party drug, ecstasy oh. or something, and it was fentanyl and they died. And it had nothing to do with treatment or recovery. But that's still part of the the whole, you know, parcel here. You've yeah. got decriminalization, safe drug supply, recovery, treatment, education. So, I mean, don't take drugs in the first place is, yeah. is one of the key messages. But that's been you know, a message for decades. I'm surprised we haven't heard more of an effort to sort of have a, an in-school program. I was talking to my son who's in grade 12 yesterday yeah. about this. And I said, did they ever talk to you about, you know, dangerous drugs at schools? And he said it came up once at a school assembly, but not much. Other yeah, so that. I've known two high school kids, in, not in my, my peer group, obviously, but, you know, uh, schoolmates of my kids or yeah. acquaintances who've died in, in high school. Yeah. And again, did not get the drug education, took drugs at Tragic. an early age, thought they were taking ecstasy in grade nine, and she died. Okay, interestingly enough, like, we took a lot of calls on this earlier in the show, and there were calls about, you know, the mental health component of drug addiction, because sometimes people are, who are addicted to drugs, they also... They're also mentally ill. And they're, again, callers bringing up, why don't we have these larger institutions like Riverview for people who are mentally ill? Now, today, the liberal leader, Kevin Falcon mm-hmm. in B.C., has got a big announcement on this, right? What, yeah, what do you know about that? He's got a big announcement at 1030. He's at, a, he's at a recovery home in New Westminster. My understanding is an announcement about mental health and drug addiction. Uh, Kevin Falcon's talked in the past about reopening a Riverview-like uh, facility. And I think what he's going to be announcing today is just that, but not just at Riverview, which is one location in New Westminster, but expand it to have regional centers so you don't have to travel from Prince George down to 
Metro Vancouver or from Kamloops, but broaden the broaden the concept and regionalize it, not just have it focused on one facility. It's a it's a hot button issue. But David Eby's also talked about this, you know, revisiting the concept yeah. of institutionalization. Yeah. So I think you're going to see political parties coalesce around that issue. And Kevin Falcon's got a big announcement at 10:30 today. Okay, 10:30. This is actually the first major component of the BC Liberal election platform come the next election they've they've been you know as opposition parties are very critical of the government haven't put any many alternatives forward but we're going to see a major alternative put forward by Kevin Falcon today okay david eby of bc's premier of course continues with these meetings with uh, trudeau and he's got a lot of his key cabinet ministers with him on that trip to ottawa they're meeting with their federal counterparts one of the things on the agenda according to david eby he said yesterday uh, is our chronic repeat offenders our criminal justice system, big problem, and it's been highlighted in, in Vancouver. Here's what David Eby had to say about that yesterday. Front of mind is the issue of repeat offending and violent stranger attacks uh, in uh, some of our major centres. And these, uh, we believe, are the unintended consequences of some changes to the federal criminal code around the availability of bail. I wonder where, the, where is this going? Well, you know, a lot of it rests with Supreme Court rulings. You've got an activist justice wing at the Supreme Court who've made a series of rulings that really weaken the ability to keep people behind bars on bail. Interestingly, there was a tragic story out of Toronto. It wasn't BC, but it was in Toronto, middle of uh, downtown Toronto, in the middle of the day, 3.30 in the afternoon. Very well-known CBC um, journalist Michael Finley um, oh, was attacked and was released, but later died as a result of injuries. And again, the mid-afternoon, uh, we don't know the circumstances, but it highlights the randomness of street crime out there. And I think that got a lot of attention in Ontario at a critical time when, when you've got David Eby and other uh, and his officials back there wanting the federal government to revisit these issues that are tied to random street crime. So he's got Attorney General, brand new Attorney General, Nikki Sharma is there with him. Yeah. Presumably she's going to be meeting with her federal counterparts about this issue. BC's been pressing for tougher chain, uh, rules regarding repeat violent offenders and keep them behind bars rather than letting them go literally an hour after getting picked up. Criminal justice, criminal justice system is a big issue. Policing continues to be a big issue. You know, this story that broke in, in Prince George yesterday, five RCMP Mounties yeah. charged in the 2017 death uh, of an indigenous man. So we got like manslaughter charges here. That is a huge case. That two is a mans- lot of police officers. Two manslaughter charges and three obstruction of justice charges, right. which presumably is an allegation of covering up or, or preventing uh, yeah. this uh, issue. This goes all the way back to 2017. Yeah. I can't recall an instance where five police officers are charged with stemming from one particular incident. Yeah. I know the Zakansky situation, I think, involved four officers, which is the infamous situation at the airport a number of years ago. But this involves five RCMP officers, which is quite an alarming event. Yeah. So we'll continue to follow that story for you. I mean, Indigenous leaders in British Columbia have been highlighting this particular case and have been calling for for justice here. But even they were expressing surprise today that that these officers had been actually been charged. This is the result of special prosecutor system. In fact, independent of this, um, they make the call. Uh, and the conclusion was to lay five charges, three, uh, two manslaughter charges, three obstruction of justice. Okay, so just to finish up on a, a, a lighter note here, it is uh, Groundhog Day. It is. And so, again, once we, I think we see 
contrary findings from different groundhogs, right? Depending on which groundhog you're. I go with Wyerton Willie. Wyerton, what? And Wyerton Willie was predicting more six more weeks of winter. Is he? I think he, no. He? I think he's it, it, an early spring. Oh, is he okay? Yep. Oh, is Punxsutawney Phil? Yeah. Is the American one is pre- predicting more more winter. Okay, so here's my quick story on that. So I uh, was a reporter at the Canadian Press for uh, eight years, including a few years in Ontario, and I was once assigned Wire Boy. Yeah, I was Wire Boy. <laughs> yeah, that was my nickname back then. Anyway, um, I got assigned to cover Groundhog Day in uh, Wyerton, Ontario. So I went to Wyerton, Ontario to see Wyerton Willie, right? The yep. famous, uh, the famous Groundhog. And it's kind of like every time I see that movie Groundhog Day, because Bill Murray's a reporter covering Groundhog Day, so I always kind of remember Weatherman. that. And um, I, I always, I, he, he didn't like covering Groundhog Day. He thought it was a bad assignment, but I enjoyed it. It was kind of a fun thing. I'm to not cover. surprised by that. Yeah, it was just kind of a fun thing to cover. Anyway, did you hear about the, the, the famous Groundhog Day in Wyerton, where Wyerton Willie had died, and they actually held a funeral? Yes. Yeah. So the, what happened was this 1999. So this was not the year I covered it, sadly, because I would have loved to <laughs> witness this. But what happened was Wyerton Willie had died earlier and they didn't tell anybody. And when everybody showed up for Groundhog Day, they held a funeral for him. So they wheeled out this little t- tiny, tiny coffin, tiny coffin yep. with, with a stuffed, a stuffed groundhog in the coffin with, with actually with coins on its eyes. It was quite macabre. And there were kids there mm-hmm. who were, like, weeping, which you can understand why. And this story was actually covered by CNN. Here's what it sounded like back then. A funeral service for a departed Willie, complete with creepy pennies on the eyes. But it turned out this cadaver was a fake. Town officials were forced to admit this was a stuffed groundhog put on display because the original Willie had badly decomposed. The actual groundhog that had died would have been too gross to put in the casket, so we used uh, a former Willie uh, to take his place. Uh, see, the the, uh, the average life expectancy of a groundhog, I just looked up, is three years. Yeah. So they've had a whole bunch of different Willies. And Wyerton takes this very ser- seriously. I've been to Wyerton many times, actually, okay. because it's at the, at the base of the Bruce Peninsula in southern Ontario, uh, and you drive through Wyerton to get to the the top of the Bruce Peninsula, which is Tobermory, which we summer at uh, oh, yeah. for, nice. for years with a family cottage up there. So Wyerton's a lovely town. Yeah. Uh, those old brick, red brick houses everywhere. Um, again, but a town known for one thing, and it's groundhogs. So they, they take it very seriously. There's a famous photo of this funeral that was held, and it was, it was taken by a photographer named Frank Gunn, who is a Canadian press photographer, a very talented photographer. And uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I just tweeted out that photo for you. If you want to take a look at this uh, famous Check it out. funeral. You'll find it there. Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Hi. hi good morning, guys. Hey, you know, uh, Mike, I'll just be really quick here. I know I said I would vote for Trudeau if it came down to him, Trudeau or Polyev. I'm retracting that. Neither of those guys get my vote. I can tell you why Trudeau won't on another show where it ties more in. But as for Polyev, you know, that guy, he talks about uh, treatment centers, and, and I'm not a fan of the decriminalization myself. I don't like that. I think that's a bad move, personally. But Polyev talks about treatment centers, this and that. But this is the same guy who wants to cut spending. So how oh, yeah. can you stay on the show? Where's Good the point. money going to come from, Pierre? Yeah, right. So maybe yeah. Keith has a, has a point on that. Thank you, guys. Thank yeah, you. I know Rob raises a good point. And that's where Poliev runs into a bit of trouble when he starts promising spending. Because yeah. right now he's all about cutting government spending big time. He says that's what's causing inflation. That's been the, the root of his message for months. And now that's why when he, he turns around and starts spending money. Having said that, there was an Abacus data poll out yesterday 
that showed a significant shift and gave the, the Conservatives a significant lead over the Liberals. And it's not so much a, a real increase in Conservative support as a, as a decrease in Liberal. And I wonder if, if, you know, have they hit a critical juncture where the Liberal brand under Trudeau is starting to take a hit that yeah. is uh, not recoverable. And it's still early. We're still a ways away from a federal election. But I think if these polls continue like this, if this is an outlier poll, fine, because yeah. every other poll is basically neck and neck. But if we start to see other pollsters pick up the shift in public opinion that widens the gap between the Conservatives and the Liberals, which suggests a very good chance of a Conservative win in government, yeah. I wonder if the knives are going to come out for Mr. Trudeau. Yeah, um, oh, okay. That's a very interesting thought because he has said he's, he intends to run yeah. again. Um, They're not out yet. But we'll see. Yeah. And you can sort of detect in, in Ottawa this week with, with the House of Commons back in session, the Conservatives appear to have like a a bit of wind in their sails here. They sort of feel some momentum there. You can sort of see it in the question period that I was watching yesterday. Yeah. So you can you can sort of detect that. But I thought the, the caller raised an excellent point. We had an earlier caller on the show, too, said the same thing. Like when you listen to Polyev talk about a massive expansion of drug treatment, detox, recovery. Okay, well, a lot of people the would money support that. From? This is expensive. You're yep. talking super expensive, especially you're talking residential care or, or recovery beds. Super expensive. Across the country, we're talking... BC bill- needs it, though. Billions of dollars. Yeah. So when you look at a national program like that. Right, right. So for a guy who's talking about cutting taxes and cutting spending, you need some more detail on precisely what's being promised there. 604-280-9898. Star 9898 on your cell. Michelle and Mission. Hi, Michelle. Oh, hi. I've been uh, watching a series on YouTube um, for fentanyl poisoning, it's called. And uh, it's a series out of out of Texas where they take, you know, a recreational user, the, the kid in high school, like Keith was talking about, that, um, you know, think they're doing a recreational drug at a party and they die and they're calling it fentanyl poisoning. And I'm just wondering if the media picks up using the word poisoning rather than overdose or fentanyl, um, if people would think twice. Poison, poison is a scary word. Um, and I can tell you, uh, my two sons went through um, the D.A.R.E. program in elementary school, and it did have an impact. When it's preached to them, they do tend to listen. And one of the most, re- one of the most successful uh, programs of the preaching is reduce, reuse, recycle. I mean, it, it's changed people's lives because it was preached. So okay. could the media please preach poisoning? Thank you. Well, I personally use the word poison all the time, and, and so do politicians, about the poison drug supply. It's not a safe drug supply. Uh, there is poison in it. Fentanyl is poison. Fentanyl can be used for you know therapeutic purposes. It by can a under proper, yeah. but not from street drugs. Yeah. So again, I think, but the color raises is a good point. Language does count. There's there's a different image in your mind, the word overdose and the word poison. I think one has more impact than the other. Keith, thanks a lot. Dr. Mo.